Hello, and welcome to the Daily Disciples Podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. Thank you for joining me today as we continue our journey on conversations with God. And the first show, we talked about what it is to start having a conversation with God, and conversations with God have to do with prayer. And most religions pray, so all of us do have a desire to call out to the Lord and to have some sort of relationship of saying, God, are you there? Or God, are you with me? Or God, will you help me? So today we're going to discuss the Gospels. And what that means is the Gospel means good news. And there were four writers who were known to have written the Gospels or the good news of Jesus Christ. The first one in the New Testament is Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, and then John. And in four, in all four of these Gospels, it's God's way of telling us how much he loves us and how much he wants to be a part of our lives, that we don't have to work our way up to God because we don't have the ability to. So God came down to us. God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And it's through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we're actually able to see Jesus, how he walked on this earth, the things that he did on the earth. And then all four Gospels really do focus primarily on the last week of Jesus's life until he went to the cross. And I know for a lot of people who are new to learning about Jesus, the cross seems like foolishness. It seems like why in the world would God go to the cross from evil people that he died for to show that he loved? So we're going to talk a little bit about the four gospels. And then on, as we continue conversations with God, we will focus more about the cross of Christ and also his resurrection, which is what gives us the power to now come to the Lord boldly and find grace in time of need. So as we open up the Bible, we're first looking at the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew was a, a his name was Levi, and he was a Jewish tax collector. His gospel was written between 60 and 65 AD, and his focus was primarily to tell the Jews that Jesus is the king or their Messiah, their savior. There's over 53 Old Testament references that Matthew points out and highlights of how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah. There's also an additional 76 segments that point to the Old Testament pointing to Jesus as the Messiah. So in other words, it was God's way of saying, even though Jesus might not look like God or even act like they wanted God to act, Jesus fulfilled so many prophecies that the religious people who really knew these prophecies and knew these Old Testament writings should have put things together. And we do see in the Gospel of John how Nicodemus, who was one of the um, religious men, came to Jesus and said, we know that you're of God because no one could have done these things, these miracles that you're doing, if you were not 
of God. And that is the famous section of scripture that Jesus says to Nicodemus, you need to be born again. And it's really in John's gospel that we find out what the term born again means. So as we continue in Matthew's gospel, his, his key verse is Matthew 5, 17. And I'm going to read that right now. It's the Bible says in Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So we've heard people say, well, the Old Testament God is a mean God and the New Testament God is a loving God. How can those two gods be the same? Well, Jesus says it very clearly. He didn't come to do away with the Old Testament. The more we read the Old Testament, the more we see the character of God. I was just, I was talking to someone today that I had coffee with, and she said she's studying 1 Kings right now. And she said, I don't understand why Christians won't read the Old Testament because we learn so much about God in the Old Testament. And it's so true. The Old Testament really illustrates to us through stories how loving God is, what God loves, what God doesn't like. Even studying the book of James uh, presently in the women's Bible study on Monday night, James tells us clearly to love the orphan and to love the widow. And those, those that type of language is used in the Old Testament over and over, what God wants us to do and who God is and what he expects from us. But we couldn't do it without Jesus, which is why Jesus says, I have not come to abolish or do away with the Old Testament. Actually, I've come to fulfill it. And Matthew shows that over and over as he continues to cite references from the Old Testament that Jesus did fulfill. Matthew's goal also was to say that Jesus did not come as an earthly king, but he came as a heavenly king. And Matthew talks about the kingdom of God a lot, the kingdom of heaven. And constantly referring to Jesus saying, look, I'm not here to be a conquering king on earth. I'm here to be a king that points us to have spiritual eyes that we can see into the heavens and have a relationship with God as a result of Jesus establishing the kingdom through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. And it is because of Jesus and because he is king of kings that we acknowledge in our hearts that we cannot have a relationship with God or communicate with God without Jesus. Now, there are many people that will say, well, I don't know Jesus and I know that God answers my prayers and I believe that's true. God does answer our prayers when we don't know Jesus and that's because the Holy Spirit hovers over the face of the earth and the Holy Spirit's job is to point us to Jesus and Jesus's job was is to give us a relationship with the heaven our heavenly father so the Holy Spirit is constantly showing himself to us so that we can finally have eyes to see that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords now, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, he is also continually asking us, is Jesus king of our lives? 
So when Jesus was first born, Herod heard about him through the wise men in Matthew 2.14. And Herod did not want Jesus to be king in his life. Matter of fact, he tried to kill all the Hebrew babies. And that's when Joseph had that dream and they were sent to Egypt for a period of time until it was safe. And then also Satan, when he tempted Jesus in Matthew 4, he does, it threatened him that God's son, the king of kings, is walking the earth. So he tempted Jesus with three different temptations after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights because both did not want Jesus to be their king. But then we have people like the wise men who came to bring Jesus gifts when he was just a baby, uh, not even understanding the type of kingdom that Jesus would actually bring to the earth. It's in Matthew that we find out in uh, Matthew 4, 12 and 13, that Jesus's base camp was Capernaum. And he did that so that he can go to all the regions in Galilee. And Matthew primarily focused on Jesus's healings and Jesus's teachings. Okay, so the key to Matthew, as we're reading through the, um, the Bible right now, is Matthew's focus is Jesus is the King of Kings. And you'll see that over and over. And then for our podcast listeners, Jesus being the King of Kings means that we ask King Jesus to come into our hearts and to open our eyes that we can participate in the kingdom of heaven that's on earth. That is the goal, that as we pray to God, that we ask him to open our eyes, that we can see Jesus, and that we can sense the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Lord does that because it's through faith that we ask God to be in our lives. And just by asking him to be in our lives, God is pleased. So it's having that conversation with God in our everyday life that brings us into communion or conversation with God. So we go to the next gospel, which is the gospel of Mark. Now, Mark was not an apostle or disciple like Matthew. A disciple is someone who walked with Jesus on the earth. An apostle is someone who saw the death and resurrection of Jesus and then took the gospel and was sent out into the world with the message of Christ after he was resurrected. And Mark was not a disciple or an apostle. But he did hang out with the Apostle Paul for quite an extensive time. And Mark is also known as Peter's nephew or Peter's cousin. So many scholars call the, the gospel according to Mark, Peter's gospel. Mark's goal was to present the person, work, and teachings of Jesus. He wrote his letter around 55 AD, and his letter focused on the Christians in Rome. Okay, so Matthew tried to tell the Jews, this is our king, but Mark is now trying to tell the Christians the stories of Jesus. Many scholars believe Mark was written first, and then Matthew and uh, Luke used Mark's gospel as a timeline for them to write their gospels okay so mark is considered to be the first gospel written and his primary goal is to say that jesus is the son of man and he uses that term often so matthew uses 
Jesus is the king of the Jews or the Messiah, the savior, but Mark uses son of man. And his key verse is Mark 10, 45, that says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Mark's focus is on Jesus being son of God, but also servant of God. And that's how we also get that we need to be servants of God. Jesus says, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. And our King Jesus taught us how to be servants. In the other gospels, every uh, verse is quoted from Mark except 31 verses, which I think is so amazing. So you take the gospel of Mark and Matthew, Luke, and John quoted everything that Mark said except for 31 verses. So Mark really is the pillar that got these gospels started or the good news started to be proclaimed. Um, Mark talks about more miracles than all the others, even though he has the shortest book. And his themes were the son of God, the servant of God, and miracles. Okay, You'll notice that as you're reading Mark's uh, part passages, that he uses words like immediately and suddenly. It feels like everything's like a race. But I guess when Jesus is performing so many miracles and showing himself to be the son of God, and he only does it in three short years, it would seem like immediately and suddenly because three years is, like, is nothing to us today, right? So then we move on to the gospel according to Luke. And Luke was not a disciple or an apostle either. He was a medical doctor, and it is very obvious from some of the early manuscripts that Luke is a very intelligent man. And because he is a doctor, we frequently hear of illnesses and diagnoses. He talks about the miracles of the illness and then the diagnosis of many of the people that Jesus touched. His book was written in AD 60 or 60 AD, and his focus is Jesus is the savior of the world. So Matthew, Jesus is the king of the Jews. Mark is Jesus is the son of God, the servant of God. And Luke is Jesus is the savior of the world. Luke's gospel is the most dense and it is the largest gospel that we have. We find a, a, a very comprehensive gospel and he does have a lot of um, healings his themes have to do with jesus being a perfect man which is amazing that a doctor would say that you know that he is a perfect man and also pointed to his humanity and luke was a great historian he actually put jesus in good context so that we could have some sort of knowledge of what was going on during the time Luke also focused on Jesus's relationships with people and how compassionate Jesus was, how tender-hearted Jesus is, how much empathy he had for the poor, for the widow, for the orphans, for people who were calling out to him and his disciples were saying, no, 
leave Jesus alone. And Jesus was saying, no, you come here. I want to hear. I want to hear what, what you want to ask me. So Luke is constantly portraying Jesus as compassionate and loving. And we have to realize that Jesus is the same God, again, as the Old Testament. He is God is just as compassionate in the Old Testament and just as long-suffering and filled with tender mercy in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And God wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to have conversations with him. He wants us to say, Lord, help me. Or Lord, can you show me a sign? Or Lord, can you lead me in in the path? Lord, can you give me wisdom in this situation? And because Luke shows us how human Jesus is and how much compassion Jesus has, it gives us the ability to understand the Holy Spirit. And that's another thing that uh, Luke is is separate from the other two gospels because Luke really does focus on the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit anointed Mary and how the Holy Spirit was present throughout this whole time. He gave us a good context of who the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives today. And those three gospels, the gospel according to Matthew, according to Mark, and according to Luke, they're called synoptic gospels because they're very similar. John's gospel was written after those three had been circling for a while. So the scholars believe that John's gospel was written around AD 90. And John's focus was Jesus is the son of God. So John knew what the Christian churches were saying about Jesus already because these gospels had been circulating. So his focus was now to the new Christian and also to someone who might be searching or seeking to know who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So John's key verse is John 20, 30, 31, that says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So in all four Gospels, they are written so that we people, thousands of years later, can enter into a relationship with God. Jesus came to earth so that we can fellowship with God. Jesus, in John 1, John says, and he tabernacled with us, or he dwelled with us. And that's Jesus. And it's because of John's gospel that we learn about the description that Jesus tells us about himself. He says, I am the son of man. In chapter 6, verse 27, I am the bread of life. 6, verse 35, I am the light of the world. John 8, 12, I am the gate. John 10, 7, I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, 25, I am, I mean 11, 25, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6, and I am the vine. And we're, and he's also the vine dresser. And that's in John 15, 1. So we get the I am statements in the gospel of John. 
Um, John only talks about eight miracles, but six of those miracles are completely new to the other synoptic gospels. So he does six miracles that were not recorded in the other gospels. So John is 90% unique in his writing. So that's why many people, when uh, they're saying, well, what book should I start to read the Bible? We would say, go to the Gospel of John. Why? Because John points to the new believer, the new Christian, the new seeker, and also that Jesus is the Son of God. And then he just talks about Jesus in a different way than what the other Gospels do, which they do repeat. Now, we have to remember that the four Gospels are not written in chronological order, and each person writes it the way they heard it. So they're not perfect. Like the three synoptic Gospels, even though they're similar, God uses our personality to express how we remember things or what we remembered. So this isn't, the Gospels were not written so that we could say, oh, look, there's a perfect account. They're written using everyday man, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're said in a different way. So sometimes Mary Magdalene is talked about by name. In another section, it's a woman, and you say, well, is this Mary Magdalene again, who's putting oil on Jesus's feet? But it doesn't refer to her in that term. And it's also not in the same chronological order that one of the other Gospels might have put it in. So people have tried to take the three synoptic Gospels, like the Chronological Bible, and put it in correct order. But you're going to find that you really can't do that because God used the personality of the people and what they remembered and what they were told at the time and wrote that down. It's what we do today. Like you look at all the movies that are, you know, the, the same, it's the same story, but you have all these different actors who portray the, the person in a different way, using different stories. And the Bible's the same way. We don't have a full revelation of Jesus's life. We only have the things that the Spirit of God wanted us to see. And it's a result of that, that the Spirit of God comes alive to us as we read the Bible so that we also can have a relationship with God through his living word. John's themes are eternal life, believing, and the Holy Spirit. So Luke did talk about the Holy Spirit, but of the Gospels, um, John talks about the Holy Spirit the most, and John gives the most detail about the week prior to Jesus going to the cross. So from John 13 all the way to Jesus's crucifixion in John 19 and 20, we have this intimate conversation that Jesus was having with, uh, with his disciples. Okay, so... So that's uh, the four Gospels. And we're going over this today because as we talk about conversations with God, it's really important to understand that the Gospels tell us over and over that it's because of Jesus coming to earth, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that by believing in him, we do not perish, but come to eternal life. And that eternal life starts on earth. And if we 
plan on being in heaven with God for eternity, it would be really great if we could even pick up our cell phones and Google the Bible and start getting comfortable with God. Years ago, uh, as a nurse, I was working in the hospital and I was in a patient's room who had like two bilateral knee amputations and he had just a lot of complications and he was a war vet. And I've got to tell you, he was just a grouchy, older gentleman. And there was like nothing I could do that would make him smile or be nice. He was just mean. It's funny because you think that as people get older, they're nicer, but it's really not true because they get hardened in the sin, you know? So, so unless the Holy Spirit was working with you when you were younger, you're not going to all of a sudden have some revelation when you're older to be an, a, like a, we say the little old nice people. And it's, it's really, I don't know very many little nice old people who weren't really little nice younger people. So it, it kind of, it begins younger. So he was very, uh, he was just not friendly at all. And he said to me, as I'm trying to have a conversation with me, he says, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God. And I said, heaven, you think you're going to heaven? And he said, of course I'm going to heaven. I've been through so much here on earth. I deserve to go to heaven. And I said, why would you want to spend eternity in heaven with a God that you hate so much on earth? And that really is the basis of our life on earth. If we don't want anything to do with God on earth, then don't think that you're going to enjoy heaven when it's all about the worship and the acknowledgement of God and that Jesus is the King of Kings, the Son of God, the Servant of God, and He is our Savior of this world. So we have to make sure that as we're talking about conversations with God that we understand that the Lord loves us and He has done everything to give us a relationship with him. And he's done this through the human form of Jesus. And by rejecting Jesus, we are rejecting having that conversation and relationship with God. And we have to remember that we have a topless heaven and a bottomless hell. And we are right in the middle. So we've got to choose who we're going to serve. And if it happens to be ourselves, well, we can do absolutely nothing to end up in the bottomless hell. But we only have to make one choice to end up in the topless heaven. And that is to understand that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. So with that, let's close in prayer and make sure that we have Jesus as the center of our priority as we go forward in this life. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to this earth. We thank you, Lord, that he is the Savior of the world. And we ask you that you will open our eyes to see and our ears to hear so that our hearts may respond to you out of the love you so graciously provided to us through him. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is compassionate and loving and he represents you, our Father. And we ask you that you will continue to be the light in our life and that you will continue to be our focus as we walk out our life on this earth. For we want to be your walking will as it is in heaven. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining 
Daily Disciples podcast with Tony Lee Adamson. Uh, be sure to contact us through our Facebook page or uh, our website, dailydisciples.org. Good to talk to you, and I'd love to hear from you soon.